0: World schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. And this episode is brought to you by Mel Science. Thanks, Mel Science, for the sponsorship. Male science is a subscription service that offers monthly science boxes, which combines hands on experiments with VR and AR technologies to engage kids in studying science. Male science is about exploration, experiments, discovery, and asking questions, all of which comes naturally to all children. They help nurture children's natural interests in science by giving them fun, hands-on experiments to engage, serious, detailed explanations to learn, VR and AR technologies to dive deeper. And this is definitely one resource that comes highly recommended from my daughter who loves her Mel Science subscription. And this month, Mel Science is offering a special discount to Honey, I'm homeschooling the kids' listeners. They're providing a 50% discount for the first month off of any of their subscriptions, chemistry, STEM, physics, coding, and it's easy to access it. All you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, and you can get the discount by following that link or by using my promo code, which is HONEY. So remember, the link for Mel Science for that discount is in the show notes, or when you're checking out, use the promo code HONEY. It is for this month only. Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. I'm Robin Robertson, the creator and host of this podcast, and as always, I want to thank you for joining me on this life learning journey. You may or may not know that this podcast was created for you and for me. I was a parent who had a ton of questions, the doubts, the fears that comes with homeschooling or entering a new journey in life, especially with what feels like the responsibility or weight on our shoulders of success or life for our kids, the life that we're, we're creating or navigating or building for our family. And of course, as time has passed, I've learned and grown. But I've also realized that as my community expands, that so many other parents have similar questions that I have or similar doubts or fears that I've had. So why not create a space and place for us to come together together to hear the information, ask our questions, share our stories, learn some answers, and be inspired by others. Because sure, there might might be some common answers or ideas that we can all use and implement, but for the most part, just hearing the stories of others, taking that step, finding the courage to ask those questions, to try something new and different is enough for us. And I also know that through these many years, that each of us live our own learning journey. So as much as we have similarities, and and as much as there might be some things that we can share and do together or copy from others, so much of it as well is finding what works for us personally. So I want to give a special shout out to those who have left a review, who've joined our community and conversations on Clubhouse, or who, who are patrons and have joined my Patreon community and patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids. I'm going to share a review today. And just so you know that when you leave a review, it really does help and support the podcast. It helps the podcast to be seen and heard by others. So this review is from CW7X7, and they had said, a must listen for new homeschoolers. As a new homeschooling mother of seven who also works full time, this podcast has changed my entire perspective on education and what learning looks like. Even in traditional homeschooling situations, it was difficult to balance working full-time and teaching the children with the box curriculum. Robin's episodes and guests have given me the confidence to unschool my children and know they are still learning. Thank you so much, CW7X7. I truly appreciate that, and I tr- truly appreciate the many reviews that you have left, and please leave more. If this podcast is inspired or helps you in any way, then please leave a review. And if you're looking for further community and support, don't forget that on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Honey I'm Homeschooling the Kids, I'm hosting a monthly live gathering through Zoom. So if you're looking to get those questions answered directly, have support from me and meet others in the community, definitely join my Patreon community we're doing a special spring-summer series where this community is open to every level in my Patreon community. So go to patreon.com/slash honey. I'm homeschooling the kids. The link is also in the bio. So I also have a regular community on Clubhouse where we meet three to four times a week to discuss pertinent issues in homeschooling, unschooling, learning, education, or you know specific details like the Monday room that Kelly Edwards and Liana Francisco hosts about keeping your homeschooling simple and solutions for that or on Thursday with Allison Towner where her focus is younger homeschoolers and unschoolers ele- elementary age and younger or Tuesday afternoons when Tyra Hunter and I gather to talk about important topics around learning self-directed education and unschooling and feature special guests as well or when Liana Francisco 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 and I host our Friday or Saturday rooms with the basis of relationships and connection when it comes to our home learning environment. If you've been able to attend any of those discussions, you'll know that it's a rich conversation, but I also offer replays within that app that you can always go back and listen to those discussions if you happen to have missed them. But the other thing I also do is I pick out certain rooms and discussions where the conversation has been rich and meaningful, and it's really stuck with me well after we've hosted those rooms. And today's episode is one of those rooms. I had actually invited Cell Murphy to join Tyra and I on this special clubhouse room. It was a Tuesday room, and we were really talking about simplifying, but also clearing out our life in terms of learning, parenting, and the excess stuff or expectations that we bring into our learning life when it comes to parenting, homeschooling, and unschooling. jcel is someone actually that I've personally followed. She is an elite declutter coach, and as she says, she's here to keep it clean and clear. She's also the founder of the Declutter Club and the Declutter Inner Circle Membership Program. And it may not sound like it has anything to do with homeschooling or unschooling, but trust me, it does. Jacell's actually a homeschooling parent herself, But her ideas about normalizing the conversation around clutter to address the stigmas associated with it are really based on helping us to be better people, to lessen feelings of shame, guilt, and really to create powerful meaning conversations. And that's what I love about the energy that she always brings and the clarity she brings into our conversations. So this is that special discussion that I'm sharing with you today. If you're a patron, you will already have... Had this discussion in our Patreon club, or you would have already seen this recording, but I'm bringing it to this episode. So listen and enjoy. Um, I'll have links to connect with Jcel in the show notes as well. And you can also connect with her on Clubhouse in her club uh, and in her rooms. Enjoy. Good afternoon, everyone. My daughter and I, I, I'll just tell you a quick little story. My daughter, both of my kids play guitar and they kind of go through these phases where it ebbs and flows, where they're really into it, and then they kind of leave it for a while, and then they pick it up again. And I guess they just kind of feel inspired or not inspired. They kind of go through different phases and stuff. So my daughter, the last few months or the last couple of weeks, she decided she, she's picked up her guitar again, and she decided she wants to learn the song Sparks by Coldplay. And I don't know how I've missed that song. I don't know if anyone else in this room has heard that song. It's like one of those songs where I I don't know where, what the gap was in my life that I missed it somehow. But anyways, it's kind of been our theme song for today. And uh, thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer Dunn. That's, yeah, that's my daughter in the picture. So we've been, we've been actually sitting on the couch listening to the song today and she's been practicing on our, her guitar. So it's kind of one of those days where I'm feeling all those feels, right? And I think, I'm also sharing this because I think sometimes with homeschooling, this January has been a tough month. I don't know if anyone else has felt it, but I know for us, it's been kind of a bit of a tough month beginning this 2022. And sometimes those are the reminders of not like, creating and producing and doing all these things but it's those times where like this afternoon we sat on the couch in the sunshine it's cold outside but the sun was streaming in and we were listening to that song and she had her guitar out and I was like yeah this is why we're doing this this is why we're homeschooling and um, it's for moments like these really and yeah and so I just thought I'd share that little story today and so we were listening to it while my buttons became stuck and I couldn't do anything else on the phone. So that, that'll maybe be our introduction for today. It was the song Sparks. I hope everybody gets a chance to hear it and listen to it. So welcome. I'll get back to the topic now. Hi, Jason. Hi, how are you?
1: Day? Thank you so much for having me, Robin. <laughs> it's so funny because guess what I'm playing?
0: Oh, Oh, I hear it. I hear the guitar. So good. So good. Okay. Well, everyone, welcome. I'm, yeah, now that I'm feeling all the feels today and uh, I'm excited to have two wonderful, well, Tyra is always my Tuesday partner and I'm so grateful that she takes the time to be here today with me on Tuesdays. Jacell is someone that I've connected with on Clubhouse. I've, I've listened in on her rooms and um, she's just a great lady and I'm excited to, to talk today. Um, she is the declutter coach, and actually, I will let you introduce yourself, Jcel. I just do—I'll do a quick housekeeping here. Everyone, welcome. We're here for the hour today. Our Tuesday room—we always get to have special topics, themes, special guests. Tyra and I are on this Tuesday room. I'll make everyone the moderator up here. And our topics—I find they're always—we try to have them to, to be timely topics that will help parents support parents in their homeschooling journey their parenting journey, the journey of childhood as well. Uh, So we usually open up the stage. We have space for questions and sharing as well. This is being recorded. I'll keep the replay in on the club for a little while as well. If If you miss the replays, if they're no longer on the club and you're searching for them, then I house them on my Patreon Um, And that's where they, you'll always have access to them too, my Patreon community, patreon.com slash Honey I'm Homeschooling the Kids. And then sometimes they eventually end up on the podcast, so you can always listen out for those too. So I'm Robin Robertson, I'm an unschooling mom to two kids, 15 and 13, and we've been doing this for nine years and counting, and this... Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids podcast and community is a community where really we're here to support and encourage each other. I was in the same place as everyone else and going through the same things, questions, doubts, and fears, and it became a great platform to be inspired, to hear other stories, and to get information and support as well. So welcome, everyone. I'm going to pass it to Tyra to quickly introduce yourself, and then we'll pass it to Jacell so she can Introduce herself. Tell us who she is, and then we can get into the conversation of declutter your homeschool. All right. Thanks, everyone. Tyra, I'm going to pass it to you, and then we'll introduce our guest.
2: Thank you, Robin. Co-play is one of my favorite favorite groups, so I want to hear oh, her play a song so uh, one day. <laughs> yes,
0: I'll, I'll when she's done, I'll maybe get her to open one of our rooms with that with her playing. Oh, her that'd be great.
2: Guitar. I I just watched them on a concert, a free concert on TV, so. I think they're in Spain, so that was good. But um, this topic right here, I wish somebody would have talked to me about this topic nine years ago. Where were you, Robin? Where, where oh, were you, Jace? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no. yeah.
0: We're here now. We are here now.
2: <laughs> but um, I'm Tyra, and I started my homeschool, unschool journey nine years ago. And believe me, it took a long time for me to declutter. I don't even think I use that word. I just wanted some kind of order. <laughs> so, um, my daughter graduated um last May. Oh my gosh, she'll be 19 this month. And um as a <laughs> as a unschooler, game schooler, and oh, let's get into this topic cuz I I want to hear that I still need help with decluttering what I had during our journey. So, so glad you're here. So glad I'm here tonight.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know what, Tyra, where was I? You say nine years ago? Oh, boy. I I wasn't even doing this work. I was cluttered myself. (laughs) And I think that that is what's so incredible about my journey is that you know, I wasn't always tidy. I was super messy, especially as a kid, right? Like I had stuff everywhere, um, and I'm I'm going to get into that in just a few minutes because I think it's really important to to um, speak to that part of this journey, um, especially as a parent now raising my children, knowing what I know now and being able to support them and help them as they grow. I too am a uh, homeschooling mom. I just became a homeschooling mom with the onset of COVID uh, lockdowns. (laughs) Um, We decided to go virtually and have not looked back. We've been online um, and doing, we do like this hybrid online slash unschooling which is just me still trying to let go of the school system um, and trust that this homeschooling journey and this unschooling journey is safe, so to speak. Um, and so I'll speak about that a little bit later as well. But my name is Jael. I am a Jael Murphy. I'm a social service worker by trade, by education. Um, but I am also a neurolinguistic programming coach, um, and I support people in the way of decluttering their homes and their lives. Um, their internal spaces, the narratives that go on in their minds, but we use clutter, the physical clutter in our home as a catalyst for that change. And so I've been doing this work graciously by the grace of God um, for, oh goodness, 18 Wow, my goodness, I'm going into my fourth year. This is incredible. Um, And uh, I started off as a house cleaner um, after my partner passed away. I needed to kind of, like, figure out what I was going to do. And um, I ended up, because not wanting to go back into social service work, it was just so intense. I started cleaning houses. And when I started cleaning houses, I realized, oh, my goodness, like, how important the reset is for us. Right. We live at home. We raise our children at home. Everything happens at home. Right. And to be able to go into people's homes and to help them reset their space. I saw this light, this space open up within them every single time they would come home and the home was clean. So, um, of course, with with the lockdowns, I had to shift a little bit. And thankfully, um, I had already become trained as a clutter coach under the Denise Lynn method um, and was working online with my business coach as an accountability uh, leader for about a year at that point on Zoom before Zoom was even really, really a thing. And so I just decided I was just going to convince people that we could do this online and it worked. <laughs> I believed it and that everyone else followed suit and it just, right? Sometimes we need to just Pivot with the times, and uh, so I've been doing this work now for a number of years. And um, of course, with the lockdowns, brought on this platform here, Clubhouse. And uh, I was fortunate enough to um, be surrounded by some incredible loves like Robin um, and Tiffany, and my good friend and Maude Ashley, who is in the audience, Um, and some of some of you who are inside of this space, who are also following over on the Dear Clutter space, but you know to open up a space it's called the dear clutter show um and it's because we all have a dear clutter we all have a clutter story right dear clutter here's what here's my woes and so we we come onto the show really to normalize the conversation around clutter because everybody has it right whether it's physical clutter emotional clutter relationship clutter time clutter digital clutter we all have some form of clutter in our lives because as life happens we take things in and then we build stories and relationships with these items and then there comes a time where it runs its course and we're moving to a new phase in life and so we have to learn how to let things go and sometimes it's really difficult to let some things go Um, and I speak of that um, remembering what it was like for me as a child letting things go. Um, and having a very disorganized space and never having my homework done on time. You know, never being able to find that shoe or that bubble that I wanted to put inside of my hair. Um, So... I just say all of this to say that uh, it is a—it's a growth journey. It's a self-actualization journey. It's a spiritual journey. Um, it's a practical journey, right? It's all lessons. And no matter where you are in this journey, um, we we enter into this work of clearing clutter, uh, shame-free, guilt-free, um, wholeheartedly, um, with all expectations that you know what—we'll get there. And that's it. My name is Jaisal, keeping it clean and clear.
0: Thank you so much, Jaisal. And I think this is because of all those points that you talked, you talked, just talked about. It is so relatable to homeschooling and our journey in homeschooling and our journey with our families and parenting because... You know, you had briefly alluded to it. It's not just about the things in our physical space. There's more to that. Um, you know, in homeschooling, we talk about the deschooling journey and how it's important, especially when we're really trying to clarify our homeschool, define our homeschool, connect with our homeschool, and really find the true meaning of it for us. So much of it is a de-schooling process where we kind of have to go back. It's that emotional journey where we have to go back and say, okay, you know, what did, you know, why am I so attached to this certain thing? What what meaning did I give it before and is it still true for me? You know, why why do I feel I need to cling on to it, even though maybe it's not serving me at the moment and how can I shift, readjust Um, I'll use even the terms, Rachel Rainbow, my friend, always talks about non-judgmental curiosity and doing that with our children, but also for ourselves in this whole de-schooling journey of non-judgmental curiosity, asking, okay, so that's what I believed before, is that true for me now? And how can I maybe shift so that this present right now is important and meaningful for us And so many times that means about, that means getting rid of things or simplifying things or clearing space for things or letting go of things. Uh, So, so much of de-schooling that process actually is that reflection and emotional journey for ourselves as well, because so many times it's tied to us as children or tied to our family beliefs and values, tied to uh, cultural beliefs, tied to certain meanings we have that we've grown up in with our experiences and and the realities that we've lived. Uh, And then we bring that sometimes unconsciously into our presence or into our being now in the moment, especially into our learning and family life and homeschooling and parenting. So I feel this is a great topic for all of us as parents that are on this learning journey and family members that are on this learning journey. So maybe if you can maybe talk a little bit first about why decluttering Um, is not just specifically about your physical space, but how it's also tied to our our mental and emotional space as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So so when I was speaking earlier, and I just want to first off just go back to what you were saying really quickly about um, the societal and the cultural expectations. You know, we... We carry these narratives with us, right? From the day we come out of the womb, we are learning, right? We are homeschooling. (laughs) We are learning from our environment, right? We are learning from our environments. We are learning from the people of influence, the people who are caring for us. Um, And so everything is a lesson. And as a parent, I want to preface this all by saying that, um, you know, we we don't know how our children are internalizing their experience in this world. We know if we sit down and we talk with them and we ask them, but at the end of the day, they're going to internalize things, some things in a way that, you know, it may end up harming them. And in the end, they're like, Mom, well, you used to do this, or you used to say this, and look at how I turned out. And at the end of the day, um, what I've learned in this whole process is that It's like my mother didn't do anything wrong when she would yell at me and say, JC, go clean up your room. And I would stand in front of my room paralyzed with fear and shame and guilt and overwhelm and a sense of confusion and feeling like I had let her down and just, right? And so as I grew up, Having that same narrative develop into, you know, young adulthood and my goodness, I can't invite my friends over. What would my friends think? Then I become an adult with my own home and I'm hiding things inside of cupboards. And like my mom had no idea it would affect me the way that it did. So it's not to make anyone wrong. Um, There is no right and there is no wrong, in my opinion. I think that it is all a part of the journey. And so... um, just, I wanted to bring that up because with the cultural and the societal expectations, um, sometimes those can preface what is important to us, right? What our core values are, um, what we want for ourselves as individuals, what we want for our space, what we want for our families, our children, our partner, our spiritual life, our career life, our work life, right? And so it's important um, to get really clear on what your values are. And I think that that's really where the decluttering work begins, is understanding what is important to me and why. Because from there, that informs everything we bring into our lives, everything we allow into our lives, the relationships that maybe we've been holding on to for too long, but we feel obliged to hold on to them, or the even you know, being able to help our children um, walk through... Uh, or process their emotions um, in in relationships or in um, um, feelings of guilt or shame, whatever whatever is coming up for them, right? Helping them to be able to process that. It really does come down to why is this important to you? What is what is it about this that makes you stand up and fight for it or say absolutely not no to it? Um, so I, I think that the um, the clutter. The decluttering begins in the mind, it begins with our belief system, but more than that, our belief system begins with our core values.
0: Yes, 100%. It's funny, um, and I, I mean, I've, I I've know you've spoken about this before, I've heard you speak about this before as well, and um, that's the same beginning I usually have with the families that I support in homeschooling that are beginning their homeschooling journey, and it's getting back to the core values. And what really, uh, clarifying and understanding what our core values are. And from there, our foundation is built or our decisions can come from that space. Um, and then they're meaningful and true for us as well. And it really helps us in the choices we make and the decision-making process that we make. So for you, Jacelle, um, maybe if you could give us some examples as well as, as to how Knowing your core values or understanding your core values helps in the declutter process.
1: Number one, it's hard to let go of clutter. Right. It's 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 not only emotionally hard, but there's a physiological shift that happens in our bodies, in our brains when we are in the process of letting go of something that we have essentially attached to parts of our identity to. Right. So in the same way that we would experience physical pain, our brain sends off these um, uh Fires off these um, this, uh, these signals in it's it's the anticular cingulate cortex or the insula. It's a part of our brain that lights up, and it's the response to fear or to pain. Right, so it's physical pain, and when we're letting go of items, that same part of our brain lights up. So it's challenging to let go of things that we've connected to, and and because parts of our identity are wrapped up inside of the clutter, Right? Whether it's um, that relationship that we had, or maybe it's that one item that brings us comfort, or that m- the many, many items of that same thing that bring us comfort. We just don't realize that we keep purchasing that one item that brings us comfort, and so then we end up with like 15 of them. Um, clutter can make us feel validated and worthy. Um, so, for example, as parents, sometimes we have a lot of our children's artwork, right? Because as we are homeschooling them, their are is a reflection of how well we did. And so we want to hold on to their work. Maybe it just anchors us to the past. You know, those books that we read to them when they were like really, really, really little and we just don't want to get rid of them because my goodness, if we do, it means the children are growing up. Um, So there are many reasons. I'm so sorry. I feel like I lost the question that you asked me um, as I kind of got wrapped
0: up in explaining you know I, 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 why people keep clutter, it's mm-hmm. all good because I had asked about how the values, your core values, how understanding those really is the start of your declutter process. But what you're sharing is spot like it's so good. So <laughs> okay, continue, continue. <laughs>
1: okay. And so you know, kind of as we as we traverse through these sometimes you know um, uncertain territories, uh, it's important. For for us to understand why we even hold on to clutter, right? And all of these reasons are valid. Like, they all make sense. They're all really, really, really good reasons. But again, it goes back to, you know, what are my core values now? And they may have changed over the years. So, you know, when our children were three and four years old, we had a different set of core values. And so our home was structured in a different way. Whereas, you know, with teenagers or young adults, um, or or kind of like that in-between 12, 13, 14 stage, um, our values are going to shift again. And then on top of it, now there, opinions come into it, their values get interjected into the mix. And so now we need teachers as parents um, want to hold space for them as well. Um, And to teach them about attachment is so important, right? We have this opportunity To teach them um, about number one their core values, but why do they hold on to these items, and how can they process letting go of items? Right, because sometimes when we're letting go of an item, it feels like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. I'm never gonna see that thing again. And so if we're
2: <laughs> yes, yes,
1: you can. <laughs> he, no, I'm laughing because his face is, is like. Where are those other macaroons? <laughs> I want my more macaroons. I'm so sorry. This is what That's happens wrong. when your children give eat me lots back. of candy
2: give and smack. <laughs> he's got, more got his cheek
1: right beside my cheek and then he's like give pointing me, at me. So me listen, back. I'm going to pause Robin just oh, for a God. minute because I need.
0: To- <laughs> Not a problem. because
1: I'm, so I'm sorry. Not
0: a problem. Um, we, I know Tyra would like to to chime in, and then we do have some questions popping up too. So what I can do is, I can Tyra, I can hand it over to you, and then we can start inviting um, people up from the audience as well too. <laughs> we're all living life as we go do this. or we're living I, our I, life. I was just
2: laughing at her laughing at, the, at with her kids and what their kids were doing. That is so that's so funny. But what she was saying is so true, Robin. I mean. I am messy. I I have always been messy even as a kid. Um I just had a lot of stuff, you know, uh, all kind of Barbies and clothes and just all just all over and my mom's like, "Pick it up, pick it up." You know, you're you want you're having your friends over, your cousins coming over or you know, but I it just I was like, "Oh, well, They'll be okay, you know. We're just playing, and it took me. I'm still like that, um, because my husband is not like that, um, and it just drives him up the wall that he picks up after me sometimes. Still, and I'm 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 trying to instill that into Zoe, you know, like what Jay Cell was saying. We try to tell our kids it's okay to let things go. Zoe is like that; she does let things go. But then I'll be like, well, Zoe you may need that or don't throw that away that that was you've had that ever since you were. Yeah. I mean, so there's something I think (laughs) internally going on within me that I, it's just very easy for me to hold on to stuff. I mean, Robin, at one point in time, my husband, before my husband just put his foot down, you go into my purse and you can still see receipts like from the 1900s, as my daughter would say, (laughs) You know, it's ridiculous. It would be ridiculous. And so it, it's hard. She's so right. It is hard to let things go. And so I know that, you know, we were homeschooling for about, I don't know, four years. And my husband was like, I can't, I can't handle it no more. So he just went and bought this very big, um, where, where you put all these, like about eight bins. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to help you." He said, "Because I, you need help, and, and it's true. I'm the type of person that I would need help to help me to declutter stuff." And he w- he bought these with all these different bins, and he said it's going to keep it nice and organized. And I'm like, "Okay." And so you know, it. Oh, I I really wish I would have could have had somebody professionally help me to declutter, to throw away, because here, you know, here in Florida, you are supposed to keep, um, I think about a year or two, you're supposed to keep, um, you know, I, uh, when you are evaluated, I, I chose a homeschool with the state. And so in order to comply with the state, I had to be evaluated, um, by a teacher or whatever of the, you know, that had a license in the state. We were supposed to keep all of the things that we use during the, you know, for our portfolio before I went digital and before I started unschooling. Let me tell you, I still have the last one that I did before we went into um, unschooling and I went digital. So I think from the eighth grade, You know, the child is going to be 19. I still have the box because I'm like, oh, that was the last, you know, so I'm like emotionally attached to my stuff, Mm Jacell. And I want to, I want to let go of it. It's, it's hard.
0: I think that's a great um, segue, Tyra, because especially with homeschooling moms over the years, you collect things, you have their work um, Tyra's daughter is a commissioned artist so Tyra I could imagine the art pieces that you would have from oh, the wow. years as she's progressed and grown and done different mediums and oh my goodness like so how what and then there's that emotional attachment especially as homeschooling parents where things so much become about that emotional attachment as well right how do we Keep things organized? How do we keep what's really meaningful and nor- know what to sort in our homeschooling environment? Jacelle, I'm going to throw that over to you. Well, did, did you sure your son get his, day? his treats? yeah yeah
1: he's he had his finger in my face he's like you pinky promised me 15 ice cream bars that's too sweet <laughs> it really it is it really 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 it is listen well here's the thing right like we can oh boy Tyra I hear you girl I hear you I, I hear you um some of the language that you were using earlier I do want to call it out because I think a lot of people use language like I am messy or um, I'm still like that or it's hard for me and whenever I hear language like that my question is when did you decide that right um, when did you decide that that was that that was just who you were and when did you decide that it was hard um, and it's it's a it's the kind of question that is is meant to make you feel challenged, for sure, because it sometimes will bring you back to, okay, well, then, wait a minute, when did I decide that? You know? And it's not to, like, dive into, like, any kind of deep, deep, deep therapy or anything like that, because you don't necessarily have to go there. But you can just kind of think about it for a second and then go, okay, well, wait a minute, is that language still serving me? You know, am I? truly messy and do I have evidence to prove otherwise? Because at the end of the day, you know, we can we can help other people to get clear, but if we haven't quite learned <laughs> for ourselves, it's really hard to teach someone else. It's like, how can I hold someone else accountable when I haven't learned to hold myself accountable? Right? It's like the blind leading the blind. And so then we get frustrated and it's like, why won't they just get it together? And it's like, well, <laughs> I'm still trying to work on getting it together I myself.
2: you said this was not therapy, but it is therapy. do I like it. I need it. So, you know, at the
1: end of the day, we can grab as many containers as we want. And I'm so happy that Ashley is on stage. Um, Ashley is one of the co-hosts from the Dear Clutter Show. And Ashley is an incredible, incredible professional organizer um, and... um it, I'm going to say this, she may not <laughs> agree with me, but her insights on ADHD and working with neurodiversities is so extensive. I just love what she has to say about things like this. So um, later on in the show, I cannot wait to hear what Ashley has to say. And for those of you who are not following Ashley, please do. She is a breath, like a wealth, a well of knowledge. It's incredible. Um, we can have... We can grab our clutter, we can put it into containers, we can go out to the container store, Walmart, Target, wherever, and grab as many containers as we want, but ultimately what we're doing is we're just organizing our clutter. And so it's really important to, at some point, make a decision. And that's really all clutter clearing is, is just deciding. It's looking at the items and asking ourselves, you know, where am I right now? Um, and how can I release these items? And yes, I get it, Tyra. It's hard, especially when you're looking at your children's items from when they were younger. So bring them into the process. Get them involved. Um, you know, with my eldest, I oftentimes will pull out pieces, Lego <laughs> Lego creations that they made me when they were, like, little and they look at me. I remember my eldest. I pulled out one. It was, like, this... Um, This uh, um, uh, jewelry box that he made me with this latch door, and it was all made out of Lego. It was great. I loved it. It was incredible. But when I pulled it out, he was like, wow, you still have that thing? And I felt, I was like, well, (laughs) yeah, didn't you want me to keep it? And he was like, no, Mom, break that, (laughs) break it down and put it back in with all the other Lego. Like, I can't believe you still have that. And I was just like, okay, so, but it helps to check in with them on a regular basis and just say, hey, you know what, is it important for you if I hang on to this? Because some of the things, it's like, it's almost like the reverse. It's like us holding on to clothes, thinking that when our children are older, they're going to want to wear our clothes. It's, it's just not going to happen. Fashion is so fast. It's going to progress, and they're going to look at us, and they're going to be like, yeah, I do not want to wear that piece from 19-not-not-thanks-anyways. <laughs> So, um, I do hope that that helps a little bit, Tyra. Um, I, 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 I hope it does help you a little bit. It's just, it's really just about deciding, um, and, and, and staying consistent with it. You know, you're not going to get through everything all at once. But one of the things that I like to do is when we're feeling overwhelmed and we have a lot of items to go through, start in one category, right? So if you've got paper and clothing and um, toys and the, you know, homeschooling materials to go through, um, start with maybe you start with clothing. And anything that is fabric, that is tac- that is tactile, go through it, and that's all that you focus on. That is all that your eyes see. Then you move on to, let's just say, toys, or maybe you move on to paper. Um, and even in those categories, you can break it down to, okay, this afternoon for the next hour and a half, the only thing I'm focused on, or the next half an hour, let's just say— are uh, plastic toys, anything that is plastic, whether it's a game board or it's a handheld toy, that is what I'm going to focus on. All the wooden toys, I'm just going to pop those into a wooden toy container and I will deal with those another day. And so it really does help to compartmentalize everything. And if it's a matter of decluttering instead of organizing um, the items, you can use the same method. You can say, today I am simply going to declutter, um, pick a child's name their uh paperwork from january to uh i don't know april right and so then you're just going through that bin and nothing else i hope that that helps
2: it it really helped in fact um (laughs) when my daughter is is finished with certain projects i am going to include her in helping me to get rid of some of the games some of the curriculum she'd never used but I just thought maybe she would eventually, you know, she's 19. She's, you know, been done with school. And so I I really, really am going to include her. I appreciate that. That's going to help. I appreciate that. Good advice. Thank you.
0: It is good advice. Okay. Yeah. And then they can take ownership and modeling and, and learning the process as well, too. That's so important. Okay, we have Carla as well. And then I have some questions that came in through back chat too. So, Carla, I'm going to pass the mic to you. Did you want to share anything or did you have a question? And Ashley, welcome to the stage. I'm happy you came up. Thank you for being here.
3: Thank you for having me, Robin. I am Carla Marie. I am uh, an author and a speaker and a mom, unschooling mom, of six teenagers, two of, two of which are adults now, four still, 14 still uh, in the mix. This topic is so, like Tyra said, it it, it can be therapy. Um, I know you didn't mean it that way, but it is very much therapy. I agree, yep. <laughs> I, I kind of have the opposite problem, is that I am obsessed with cleanliness and order. My husband is almost equal to me, but not as much. I have three kids that are pretty orderly and three that are borderline hoarders. And it's interesting because my obsession with cleanliness and order and organization can cause a little stress when I am trying to help those that don't naturally function this way keep my house that I love in order. (laughs) Um, So it, it is interesting and it's funny because a lot of people think that having clutter means being messy. I've never had a messy day in my life. And I'll just be honest with you is just how I roll because I can't function with clutter around me. But I will tell you this. You can be highly organized and be clutter and have clutter. Case in point, early, we've been homeschooling for 13 years. <laughs> and in my early years, I'd say the first maybe eight years I was a homeschool resource hoarder. I had to buy all of the things, every kit, every every experiment, subscription, everything that you can possibly think of, because I'm thinking, okay, if we're not doing curriculum and we're unschooling, I have to maximize every opportunity and have all these kinds of things in their environment to engage them. And the problem with that is, is that my children would rather spend time outside exploring or coming up with their own things to do than these um, provided items. And so I had two closets that were perfectly organized, beautifully categorized by topic and by type. And I would just show them off and take pictures of them. Most, I'd say 85% of the things in those closets were not used by my kids. And eventually one day I just said, you know what? thousands of dollars have been spent, (laughs) but I can't worry about that. I have to clear my mind of this stuff. And when I clear out the stuff that we're not using, then my kids can actually find the stuff that they do want to do. And so I did it. I mean, games, games we had never used, kits we had never used. I found um, Homeschool parents that were, you know, that were just starting their journey, shipped them off across the country, took them to Goodwill, threw away what wasn't good. It just made so made me feel so much better. Now, yes, inside I was crying about all the money, <laughs> but I knew that it was going to be better for our environment and better for my kids to be able to find what they really did want to do. So I say all that to say you can be an organized clutter bug. <laughs> Um, because I was, it was just highly organized, but it was too much and it was unnecessary and it was unneeded and they didn't use it. So I'm just so thankful that I got rid of it and I was brave enough to let it go, regardless of how much money I had invested. Um, and to this day there, um, again, I have six teenagers and they have all identified their direction and their passion and their interests to the point where the things that I invest in now are specific to the things that they ask for, or that they need for the path that they've chosen. And that cuts down on 90 percent of the clutter. So <laughs> I'm Carla and I'm done speaking.
0: So I actually have a question for actually three for Carla, jcel and Ashley. And, um, you're recommended because Carla, you brought this up and this made me think because six kids in your family and you and your husband, so there's eight people in the house. And we all know that no matter how many people are in the house, everyone has different personalities. Everyone has different, you know, things that they have with them that, you know, is important or not important. How do you balance? For example, Carla, you say like you're organized and you like to keep it like, you know, simple or fairly organized, right? But when you have other kids or a spouse who is not that way, how do you meet in the middle? How do you come to this point where, or say you want to declutter, you're like, I'm ready to clean up this space or to organize a space, but the others in your family are not ready. What do you do? Is
3: that directed toward me? It's
0: directed to Carla, Jcel and Ashley. So what did you do in your house with your three, for example, that were not on the organized end at all? And then Jcel and Ashley, what, what do you guys recommend as well?
3: For us, it's a daily thing. And we talk about mentality. We talk about the fact that a lot of times our environment represents what's going on inside. So we discuss that. Um, We discuss the value of an organized environment. Um, We try not to fuss about it (laughs) because that just causes causes animosity. We operate by example. We pitch in and help. Sometimes she was talking about how things um, can be um, overwhelming for a kid when they've let their room go for a while and then it's overwhelming to to dive in and try to do something. Well, we, we offer to help. Um, and show examples of what we mean by order and that kind of thing. Um, I've known parents that have even taken pictures to show, you know, this is what your room looks like when it's clean (laughs) versus this is what your room looks like when it's not. Um, But it's just, it's a daily thing. It's not, it wasn't one day. It wasn't something that just clicked. If we didn't do it every day, if we didn't just do very basic things every day, then it wouldn't happen. It would happen with those that it was natural for. It would not happen with the other three. And so it's just having those daily habits that keep the house moving as a well-oiled machine instead of letting things go and then being overwhelmed. I'm Carla and I'm done.
0: Yeah. That was Yeah.
1: Um, well, Carla, listen, I what you said earlier about... Being clean and having clutter—that was my mom. She did not. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't her when I was growing up. I was the one who had all the clutter, but she was clean. Like when I tell you, everything was done around the house. When you spoke about, you know, being obsessed with cleanliness and order, that was my mom. And so, what what that ended up doing for me? I learned this term. Much later in life, it's something called secondary gain. But there was a benefit for me if I didn't tidy up. I knew that at the end of the school year, if I just let my room go, when I went away to camp, my mom would go in and she would clean up my entire room. So I benefited, my secondary gain was I benefited by not doing the decluttering, by not cleaning up my room. Right, And sometimes that's what happens, right, is when we're in an environment that supports um, an undesirable behavior. I'm not saying that you did or anything like that, but what I'm saying for me, that's what it was for me, right? So it delayed me and everybody is different. Everyone is different. Remember I was talking about how children internalize things in the beginning? Every child will internalize it differently. So it doesn't make the parent wrong. It doesn't make the child wrong. It's just how we process information, what's important to us and when, right? Um, But ultimately, I love what you were saying earlier, too, about, um, you know, kind of having that clutter, and it's symbolizing that you had everything that you needed. And I think the where we can kind of um, work to define what clutter is, is clutter is anything that we're not using keyword regularly, right? So we, <laughs> to Carla's point, right? She had everything, but they weren't really using it regularly because they were out and they were about and they were enjoying life. Um, so in fact, it was clutter. It was just really pretty clutter, <laughs> I imagine Carla, when you were speaking about your 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 um your closets, I was seeing like Pinterest photographs, just everything all organized and color coordinated, <laughs> looking really good, looking really sharp. Um and so um so th- there's there's those two points right there. So um I just want to go back and I want to revisit the first point that I was making, which was. You know, we don't really know how our children are going to internalize their environment. We hope that they're going to pick up our our wants and desires and our our the way that we're raising them up, we're training them up, and so if we're organized, we expect that our children are going to be organized. That's not always the case, um, and sometimes when uh, for my and I'll speak for myself, sometimes when I when I knew that my mom was going to come in and do it. I just automatically would just let it go. And so I would say, I'm gonna do it. Mom, oh yeah, mom, I'm gonna do it. Oh yes, mom, I'm gonna do it. What that led to was this narrative, I'll do it tomorrow, but I never did it. And for those of you who maybe procrastinate a little bit, it might sound familiar to you, right? That, so, that was me. Yeah. Right. I was developing procrastination tendencies. I just didn't, and my mom didn't know that that was happening either. Um, and then of course that leads to that internal, not keeping your own word to yourself when you say you're going to do something and then it just lends into this, this bigger spiral. So, um, overconsumption, procrastination, clutter, there is a correlation there. Um, and so at the end of the day, we just have to get down and do the work but going back to clutter isn't anything is anything that you're not using regularly anything that you don't love or that is broken i like that word regularly because it helps us to decide just to discern um what is clutter even if it still is in good repair right and can be used because if it's in our home and we're not using it well it's almost like it's just useless right but we can give it away we can rehouse it we can sell it and then we can make it useful again. Um, When we're dealing with a family, um, from my professional experience as well as from my personal experience, I'm a mom of four. So I have a 21-year-old, I have a 19-year-old, I have a 16-year-old and a 5-year-old, who you heard earlier. (laughs) And so organizing the home, oh boy, Um, and learning to organize the home, um, it it was a feat. And because everyone is at a different stage in their development, we had to come together. We didn't have a choice. Carla, what you were speaking about earlier, I think it's so important. We have to come together. We have to meet in the middle and decide, okay, so what is the most problematic area inside of our home right now? And for us, it was the kitchen. It was the most utilized right after the kitchen was the bathroom, right? So we had to identify, and especially with the eldest ones, because the younger ones hear the conversation and they just kind of follow suit for the most part. You have stuff to, to guide them a little bit, but they do follow suit because they want to be a part of the, the team, right? And so if you start up that conversation, like it's team building, okay, guys, okay, so what's the biggest challenge area inside of the home, right? It's the kitchen. Okay. What is like, what in the kitchen? Is it the garbage? Is it the dishes? Like, what's the thing that keeps piling up? Is it, is it, you know, people aren't packing things like, what is it exactly? And so for us, it was the dishes and the garbage. Okay. Well, Let's pull out the calendar for the dish, for the garbage uh, disposal. Let's at, let everybody get on side with when that's happening. Let's put up my little guy. He's five years old. We got these little cards for um, recycling and for uh, garbage that had these little stickers and what goes into which bin. And we posted so he that was like a little activity for him. We posted those on the walls, and then it just made it easier for him because the older ones' complaint was that well he's always putting his banana peels into the garbage bag when they're supposed to be going into the compost. So now nobody wants to take out the garbage bag because it's filled with food and it's not supposed to have food inside of it, right? So looking at who's doing what, how can we stop that behavior from happening? um, What tools, systems do we need to put into place to stop those behaviors from happening? um, And then checking in regularly. Um, And then lastly, I would say, make it fun. Um, Label, label, label. And color code if you can. That's about it for me.
0: Love it. So, la- one quick th- label, label, label. <laughs> what other things could you label? So, I'm in my house. Um, what else? What are th- in the bathroom? What would you label in the bathroom, for example? Yeah. So, if
1: you have um, an area where, let's just say, I mean, the larger things like toilet paper and things like that, you know where you're where you're storing it. Um, But if you have like um, uh, uh, tooth, what are those things called? Like those toothpicks or smaller, tiny little items, um, you might want to put a label on the drawer, what goes where inside of the drawer. If you have drawer dividers, put a little label on that drawer divider so that if anybody has to refill anything, they know exactly what goes into that space. If it's cotton balls, they're not putting the cotton swabs in where the cotton balls are supposed to go. And then now you have two... Um, sets of cotton swabs when you're supposed to have one cotton swab and one cotton ball, right? Things like that can drive people up the wall. Um, So those are the types of things that you would want to label inside of the bathroom.
0: Okay, very
1: clear. If there's a okay. space, oh, and then the other thing I was going to say is that some people uh, will have inside of their uh, bathroom linen closet a space for their uh, hand towels and their why their, their body wash rags and towels. If the children are old enough to be able to pack those things away, then label the area that those go into so that they know, okay, that the wash rags go on the right side and the hand towels go in the center and maybe the bath towels go off to the left side, things like that.
0: Hey, okay, I like it. I definitely like it, especially when our little ones can support and help us and it's clear for them. Mm-hmm. Ashley, did you want to add anything as well? And then I've got a good question on the back chat about collecting versus hoarding that I will ask.
4: Sure. Thank you so much for giving me the mic. Um, that's unexpected and I and I appreciate it. So my name is Ashley. Um, I'm a mom to three neurodiverse kids and a uh, husband with some mental disabilities. And so it's it's interesting to it's always difficult to organize a family, but it's difficult to organize a family when you have any kind of uh, things that would, would make you feel not normal. So whether you're dealing with hoarding or whether you're dealing with, with interesting uh, situations, every family is different. And so I want to I touch on two things really fast, um, physical boundaries and emotional boundaries. So when we're dealing with uh, organizing multiple people in one space, you need a physical boundary. Meaning parents set the expectations and the parameters, but you give your kids, uh, the ability to choose within those boundaries and parameters and the, um, I'm getting the red bar. Let me see if I can move and get better reception. A fabulous way to I, teach. Your I kids can hear this. you
0: so far. So just so okay. you
4: know, <laughs> good. A fabulous way to teach your kids. This is the difference between yours, mine and ours. Your space is your space. It's your bedroom, and it's not my job to clean your bedroom. I'm the parent, so I'm going to set boundaries and parameters about what happens, what enters into your bedroom. But what happens in there is yours, and it's your responsibility to take care of it. Mine is my space. You don't get to come into my space and destroy my space, my office, my bedroom, that's mine, and it's my responsibility. You don't have to worry about it, so don't worry about it, but also don't disrespect it. Yes. And then our space. We all have to use joint spaces, living rooms, playrooms, kitchens, and so we have to come up with a way of teaching our kids to work with each other and respectfully within that space and find that compromise that works. So those are the physical boundaries. The emotional boundaries is a little bit more difficult, but we don't want to have any projection of value onto other people's things. Just because I think this is important doesn't mean that you need to think that this is important. And vice versa, it can be important to them without it being important to me. Can you re- we respect that. Can you that.
0: repeat that one more time? Because <laughs> I think that's yes. so like, yes, just sorry. Just, <laughs> just one more time. That is so good.
4: So the, the emotional boundaries are no projection. It Just because it's important to me doesn't mean that it has to be important to you. And likewise, just because it's important to you doesn't mean that it has to be important to me. And we don't need similar values we need similar respect. I need to be able to respect your likes and your values. You need to be able to respect mine. And that will help us to not say, well, you have to get rid of this or you have to keep this. Um, If we can maintain emotional ground zero with other people's stuff, it will help us help them weed through it and do a self-edit rather than projecting my values onto you. And so that's going to help them say, okay, no, I really don't want to keep this. It's not going to hurt mom's feeling if I let it go. And so it's it's easier to do that. Um, But it is okay to ask for people to respect what is valuable to you. Hey, this is schooling for you. I know that you don't like my bins and bins and bins of all of the schoolwork that's here in the kitchen. I get that you don't like it, But I need you to respect that this is what I do, that this is what I love, and please be respectful of that space and the time and energy that it takes to keep it and maintain it in a way that we can all use it. So ask for their respect, not their mutual like about something. Um, And so once we have those physical boundaries and we have the emotional ground zero of dealing with... Other people's stuff, it opens us up to have all the energy that we need to focus um, the emotion on the, the people, on the humans rather than on their things. And then we can implement systems that are going to help that, like labeling and color coding, toy rotation, simplifying wardrobes, limiting hobbies, things like that. Those are all good key things that we can, that we can incorporate to help us maintain those systems. But really honestly, ground zero, it comes down to physical boundaries and emotional boundaries. So I'm, I'm Ashley and I'm done. Thank you. Thank you
0: so much, Ashley. That's really big. And that's also the hard thing, right? It's um, it's I'm like, yes, yes. and putting it into practice in our daily lives with our family and with our children is where the work is, right? It's um, especially when we're confront like when we're with them so much all the time, that's our work as people and as parents to remember and be reminded of that. That's, that's so good, so, so good. And then it's also validating for the other person. Because we're not, like, Cell, you were talking about removing the shame from all of it and not bringing that into, like, which then becomes a kind of like a manipulation or a coercion in that way and allowing the others in our family to just be them and be respected for them, like you're talking about the respect. So good. So, so good. Okay. So I have a question from the back chat as well, too, that I didn't want to lose and forget. And the question is... Um, what are some compassionate approaches to hoarding? Not just collecting, but hoarding. Who would like to tackle that? Well, here's the thing. Hoarding is, um,
1: it's a little tricky. So as I mentioned earlier, I have a social service worker background. And so with that, I'm familiar with things like the um, uh, DMV, I think is DMV5, um, which is, essentially where we have like all of our diagnoses they they're housed inside of this big blue book and hoarding is classified in that in that resource and so that's where you need professional support like you need a therapist psychiatrist To kind of come in and navigate, traverse those waters. It's not something that a layman can really make sense of because it doesn't necessarily make sense in a lot of ways. And I say that um, with the utmost respect for anyone who is living um, with hoarding tendencies or has been diagnosed as a hoarder because it's not easy, it's tough. Right, and it's tough for those of us who um, experience living with them or loving them, um, and wanting to see the best for them, and wanting them to live a free life, right, with no clutter around. And but we have to keep in mind that that's our definition of what is good, right? And for them, sometimes having a lot of items around them is comforting. Um, It gives them sense of assurity. And so um, as an individual, as a friend, I would just want to know what's the story, you know? How can I be a good friend to you Um, and show them, let them in on my decluttering journey without saying things like, see, this is what I'm doing and it's working for me. It could work for you, too. Right, So we don't necessarily want to make them feel like there's an issue there, that they're a problem, because they already know it. They already know that there's an issue going on. They already know that it's problematic, that it's not like other people. So therefore, it's maybe not quote unquote normal. Um, but if we can just ask them about the stories, about what they have and why they have it, and share with them parts of our own decluttering journey. Just, oh my goodness, the other day I was trying to let something go and just in, in passing, just chat with them. Um, sometimes that can help to inspire them and let them feel that they have uh, a bit of support there, in you.
0: And so maybe if you mean. could, if you could clarify as well, what is the line between hoarding mm-hmm. and collecting, for example? How would you know the difference between what is hoarding and what's collecting?
1: Well, it's compulsive behavior, right? right it's okay. the type of behavior that yeah, like there's there's a. Mm, inability to stop it from happening and it's it seems irrational it feels irrational not just to us watching them but to them as well and they know it and they'll say it they'll say this is i know it doesn't make sense but i'm not letting go of anything right so it can be the hugely obvious uh sentimental item but then it can also be the bottle cap right that now has an equal amount of perceived value to that individual.
0: Okay, that's very clear. Okay.
4: Mm-hmm. Ashley? I think one of the biggest things when we're dealing with a neurodiversity like that is to understand that it is a mental health issue. Um, hoarding is a spectrum disorder, just like autism, just like ADHD. And it is um, very crucial that we educate ourselves on what it actually is and what it actually looks like. We think of hoarding and we think of, you know, the extreme cases that we see on TV and uh, hoarding can actually be very, very mild. It is compulsive behavior and it is irrational, but it's it's good to understand what it looks like for that particular individual and to get them the help that they need. You are not qualified to give them any advice as to what they should or shouldn't do. We can't do that. Only, only a mental health professional Uh, is qualified to be able to do that, you can let them know how it affects you. um, But if you can love them through it, then that's, then that is, that is what they need. They need a support system. Um, But also to understand that we shouldn't look the other way. Just as So hoarding is actually more common than OCD is, and it is also an anxiety-based disorder. There's usually some kind of a catalyst, some event that happened in their life, and just as we would look at someone with OCD and say, it is not okay, it is not healthy for you to wash your hands 150 times a day. They are bleeding, they are chapped, you are not getting anything else done, and you are driving yourself up the wall— we can say the same thing about hoarders and say, look, this is not healthy. And as much as I love you and as much as it is uncomfortable to to get help, I want to get you the help that you need so that you can feel comfortable in your own space. So number one, love them anyway. Number two, educate yourself on what it actually is and what it looks like for that person. And then number three, encourage them lovingly and kindly to get the help that they need to help that neurodiversity. And I am complete.
0: Thank you so much. Um, This is... (laughs) such a great conversation it's i'm like we're, we're at our hour and it's one of those things where i could keep asking you questions for the next three hours probably mm-hmm. um but i also want to be respectful of the time i know Cell, for example is on the east coast she's two hours ahead of me so it's a lot later in the evening than it for you for than it is for me carla as well um, i would first like to say thank you for joining me and taking the time today um, for coming back to Honey, I'm Homeschooling Club. This is the second time you've been a guest, uh, J-Cell. I am so appreciative. I always, I love, I, I learn a ton, and I know I've already been getting messages from others saying, this is so good and so important. And in the beginning when you broke it down and you were like, we can declutter our relationships, we can declutter our mind, we can, like, there's a whole list <laughs> of ones that we could focus on and really dive deep into for the hour. So, um I, I think we you know, scratched the surface, but it was still so good. Uh, so thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley, for coming up and joining us as well. It's great to connect with you. I had already followed you because I think I had heard you in one of j rooms and I had already followed you and I'm, I'm um, excited to have some more conversations. So thank you so much to you both. I really appreciate you being here. Carla, thank you for coming up as well. Um, so is there any last little tidbit you would like to leave the audience with today anything that you would like to share that you're like you know what this is something that has been really powerful for me or has helped me or others um something simple as well not too much pressure but <laughs> jcel would you like to share any last bit
1: it's it's so it's so incredibly simple folks like this is just a part of our journey that's all it is right like whether we are completely cluttered and we're feeling overwhelmed, we can start small, or whether we have a tiny little bit of clutter and it's just, you know, like with Carla's situation, you know, it's just, I have a lot of things, even though it's all organized, it's just a lot of things and I have to go through it. Like, just recognize that when we begin decluttering, we are essentially deciding, we're making decisions. And it's just one small decision after the next, after the next, And, oh, and we're also building decisiveness, (laughs) discernment as we work through our space. So look at it from that perspective, okay? Look at it from the perspective that we're learning just as much as anyone else is what serves us, what doesn't serve us. Lean into your core values, Um, And there's always tomorrow. So don't put, try not to put too much pressure on yourself um, to have it all done all at once, looking like a magazine. That's not real life. Trust me. Take it from someone who cleaned houses and is inside of people's homes regularly, whether it's virtually or physically inside of people's homes. I think that um, clutter is more common. Dare I say this? Clutter is more common than mental health issues. What? Everyone has clutter (laughs) in one way, shape, or form, right? So. Um, I, I just wanted to leave that with you all. But uh, Robin, thank you so much for having me on again. It's always such a pleasure to be inside of your space. And I am going to uh, just plug Ashley one more time. If anyone is looking to connect with a person who has a wealth, a well of knowledge, it is Ashley. Please do connect with her. She's got some really great things going on right now and is looking uh, for parents um, with children of uh, varying ages from all the way from young adults down to very, very teeny tiny tots. Um, So connect with her to find out what she's got going on, okay? Thank you again, Robin.
0: Thank you so much. And if you just want to mention your rooms and your time that I know you and Ashley have a room together, a regular room, right? And then um, how we can? I know we can go to your bio or profile, but <laughs> I want to quickly mention your times, and then we will exit out as well.
1: Absolutely, thank you, thank you for that. So, um, Ashley, myself, and a number of other professional organizers and holistic wellness um, experts and coaches, we host a room uh, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's entitled the Deer Clutter Show, and it's in the Deer Clutter Club. And uh, we work to normalizing uh, the conversation around clutter but we also actively declutter together um and from that show sprouted our membership so we also have a membership at dearclutter.club. um and so i would invite you to come and join us on the live declutter sessions thursday at 4 p.m eastern standard time
0: um and i guess that's about it for now thank you robin thank you and i would love to have this conversation again ashley if you would like to join us we can uh arrange something and get this going going forward as well so thank you everyone thanks for joining us today you can always dm anyone that's in the room join the club honey i'm homeschooling we have rooms four times a week saturday monday tuesday and thursday and um yeah dm us we are always open to support you thanks everybody have a great night bye everyone thank you Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com.